0: On their trek up the mountain, to the Crown of Egadon to use the Heart of the Void, the party encountered a small fort, occupied by Elvkin soldiers. They were taken into custody, talking their way out of executions at first, but not confident that their captors would exercise such mercy in the future. They chose to break out, with Corio, their sanguine guide from Vale, unlocking their bonds and leading them upstairs. The party split, looking for their confiscated equipment, with Relandir, Vamok, and Brynjir moving upstairs to the second level of the fort, while Val, Luna, Mick, and Corio remained on the ground floor, looking for a way into the sealed armory. It was then that Relandir, in a plan devised to distract some soldiers, was discovered. The last thing that happened was an Elvkin soldier stepped into the hall and looked out. Seeing nothing after a voice had called for them, there was a brief flash of magic in his eyes, and then they landed precisely on your invisible form. And then he drew his sword.
1: And the Rolandier, through the telepathic bond, just says, oh shit. And...
2: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent.
0: This one that's drawn his sword does so in one swift motion, taking it from its sheath, and slicing upward across your chest.
3: Yay!
0: Dealing 18 damage. Spattering this stone wall with flecks of your blood. And I I guess you remain invisible. Yes! Because you haven't attacked
1: and you haven't cast a spell. What's on the ground? Is it just stone? It is. Stone and dust. Rolander's immediate reaction to being sliced across the chest is going to be to try to evade and escape from these ken.
0: What does that look like? Where are you going? So they're blocking the way back where we came from, right? Them? No, they're blocking the way
4: forward. They're blocking the way forward. Okay. Brenier and Vamok are blocking the way back where you came from. Right. Can Vamok see these people? Yes, clearly. Okay, Vamok is going to cast Hold Person on both of them. Drawing from... Drawing from uh, the Valors. Who cares about those guys?
5: And then you're going to be visible again? or You will become visible.
4: Yes, Vamok is aware of that, but he's also aware that rolandir has been made. The jig is up. (laughs) They have to do a wisdom saving throw, and so the number to beat is 19. Both of them fail. Nice. They are both held, and Vamok telepathically will be like, well, I guess he's messaging everybody, and he'll just say... (laughs)
3: Brinir, this is where you
4: shine. And you can't see him do it, but he is motioning towards the two frozen <laughs> people, indicating for Brinier to have at it. What is happening up
3: there? Decisions were made. We will explain when we are back.
1: As these two kin are being held and Vamaka has told Brinier to shine, whatever that means, <laughs> Rolander is going to see if he can now kind of slip past these guys and get into the room.
0: You can do so. You are a floating gash of blood, however. Fair enough.
2: His insides aren't invisible. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Invisibility only applies to the outsides.
0: No, no, it's it's like it's the blood that came like out of him. Like,
2: oh, the blood is dripping out. Ooh, yeah. Spooky.
0: Looking into this room, Rolandir stepping between these two kin who are paralyzed for maybe a good 30 seconds more. You see four other kin around assorted tables looking out.
1: He's backing out quick as soon as he sees them.
2: Oh boy.
4: They shuffle to their feet.
1: Enzo says, All right, we're
4: gone. We gotta go. Vamak is going to, now visible, head back down the stairs as quickly as he can while maintaining the spell for as long as he can. Okay. You collide headfirst with a kin soldier coming up the stairs. God oh, mother effer. This okay. This is going great.
6: <laughs> Before we left, would I be able to take one of the swords?
4: Uh, I'm going to say no.
6: Nuts. I thought that might be the case.
4: Okay. Well, if Vamak is the only one that's visible, Vamak is going to take a big one for the team and telepathically say, Each of you should get to safety if you can. And then he is going to allow his forward momentum to carry him like down the stairs and just tumble into this guy and try to make as big a distraction as he can (laughs) so that everybody else can like retreat to safety or something. You careen down
0: these stairs, the stone spiral staircase clattering and clanking with this armored kin soldier until you come to a stop, rolling out at the bottom of the base of this tower that has been positioned here, only 10, 15-ish feet away from the rooms where the rest of your party is downstairs. It's at this point amongst the hubbub that everyone else can hear Corio say, I, I got it. it. We're in. And she pushes open the door to the armory.
2: Val's going to follow her
5: in. Yeah, Mick definitely does and starts to look around for our possessions or anything that's useful for us.
6: Good. We're going to need to hurry. We must get out of here.
0: Where's Brynir when he's saying this? He's doing this telepathically,
6: but he's actually trying to get away from that room that we were in, kind of going back down towards the people, except for trying to remain out of sight, keep an eye on what's happening with Vamok.
0: Well, as Vamok tumbles down the stairs, that's 100% going to break your concentration, and those two elf can lock eyes again with Rolandir, calling to their buddies and then storm down the hallway toward you. So it's time to roll initiative.
5: <laughs> All of us are just a three. Oh,
4: everybody.
5: Rlander got a six. Mick rolled a 12. 15 for Val.
4: whamp. 10 for Vamok. 22 for Brynir. It will go the Elvkin. A player, Corio,
0: two more players. Luna, the last two players. Charging down the hall, these two Elvkin in tandem. One of them stabs, and then the other one takes a step forward as... The previous one retreats and will again slash her land here. So these are two separate attacks. The stab misses you entirely. And in fact, with that nat 1 is going to give the other guy disadvantage. And that slash will miss. Sweet. However, four more kin enter the fray coming out of that room. Downstairs, the elf kin that toppled down on top of a mock is going to try to roll behind you and put you in a chokehold. The number to beat, I'm sorry about this, is 27.
4: That's fine. The mark, uh, I don't think he can beat that. It's
5: so a jacked elf
4: I mean, these guys are not skipping any days at the gym. In fact, <laughs> they got in their storerooms, it's just protein powder. <laughs> there are no weapons in here, it is only protein.
2: <laughs> yeah. Protein.
4: Gold standard way. <laughs> <laughs> Will I, like, pass out immediately if he chokes me, or will I have, like, a round? No, you'll become restrained. Vumak will try to get his hands up under the guy's arm to allow him to breathe a little bit, but he's not going to actively try to get this guy off of him, mostly because uh, there's no way I could beat this number. I still want you to roll to determine to what degree you can do that. Vumak, using athletics, got a 21 to contest this choke. Well, that's really good. So you could achieve what you were trying to do and like get enough leverage to be able to breathe. Okay, is it a player's turn now? It is a player's turn. He's going to send out telepathically.
3: Anybody that is not yet found out should get to safety. Rolander, you and I should surrender. And then
4: he will say out loud, I surrender, I surrender. That's the extent of your turn. Yep. Corio, having grabbed... A
0: short sword and a dagger from the armory is going to bolt out of that room through the barred door, so she's a little closer to Vamok, and will sprint down the hall toward this commotion. Seeing Vamok and his elfkin, she's going to attack that elfkin.
1: A girl after my own heart.
0: (laughs) And she does very well. Um... She almost slides into this crouch beside Vamok and this elfkin who's, you know, a little bit positioned above him. And she'll just start stabbing at this elfkin's face, gouging out his eyes, slitting his nose apart, cutting into his mouth and jaw as Vamok
4: is then just bathed in blood. And this elfkin releases him with a scream.
5: That is a crime of passion.
4: Dang. But this dude's not dead. He's just got a mutilated face. Yeah, yeah.
6: That's why they call him Mute Face now. They call him old <laughs> Muty. <laughs> Two seconds in, he's got a nickname.
4: All right, it's a player's turn. Hey, it's old Mutey. <laughs> How are those scars healing?
1: Rolandir is going to just charge down these steps following in the wake of Vamok barreling down and seeing him getting grappled and then Corio sliding in and slashing at this kin's face. He is going to continue on towards the direction of the armory.
0: You do see the barred door has been opened.
1: Perfect. He's heading straight for that.
0: Then you'll spend the rest of your turn trying to locate weapons and armor. Yep.
6: Rinier, having seen that Corio has already taken some action and she will soon be spotted by the other four, believes that it's best for him to go find something to arm himself with and will go to look for his axe in the armory.
0: Luna, still invisible, will start scrounging around the armory looking for anything she had on her person that was confiscated.
2: Val will do the same. Is there anything here?
0: Most of this right now, without like a dedicated search, seems to be the regiment's materials and such. Not yours.
2: Okay. Val will also help her look. Primarily, Val is not concerned with weapons right now. He is concerned with gear and equipment that will keep them alive as they go up the mountain. Like, he's looking for bedrolls, backpacks, like, equipment of that nature.
6: Roll
0: investigation for me for your turn.
2: Okay. 19.
0: You can locate your pack. And Luna's.
2: (laughs) I'm grabbing them. (laughs) I will report that in the telepathic bond as well, that I have found our stuff.
5: Mick, knowing that the commotion's coming to them, will grab whatever weapons that she can, and I assume they become invisible with her. Is that accurate? Or or like the biggest weapon that she can find?
0: Hmm. I don't remember my rule for this that we did earlier in the campaign, so I'm going to say no.
5: No? Okay.
0: (laughs) It's only stuff that you're carrying at the time of the spell being cast.
5: So it doesn't become invisible, but I stay invisible, right? even though I'm picking up.
0: Yes, there's now just a floating loot, though, if you find your loot.
5: Oh, no, that's fine. That's not what Mick is looking for, actually, right now. Mick, if she's allowed, will find the largest weapon that she can, and it's a, f- I don't know, what do I find, maybe, is the question. You find a halberd. Uh, So here comes the floating halberd, and she comes out of the door, and through the telepathic bond, will will direct towards Brineer and say, Brineer, catch this! And <laughs> Will throw the and just, at at Brenir, uh, for him to fight.
4: Who you hope is? <laughs> it just falls right on the floor.
5: <laughs> Brenir, use this. <laughs> I thought that Brenir. No, this is this
0: is what okay. happens.
5: I thought he was invisible. Is he not? The only people who are
2: visible are Vamak and Corio.
0: Mick runs outside the armory, toting this halberd, and tosses it into the hallway where it clatters on the ground and you hear this huff from Brynir, a ways behind you back in the room.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, Mick, I am already in the armory.
5: Oh, you gotta be kidding me. And then I assume that takes (laughs) Mick's turn.
6: Yep. The
0: six Elvkin who were on the second level descend, and are able to make it to where Vamok and Corio are, though that is the extent of their turn as they pause, watching Corio brutalize their comrade. And Vamok, you are no longer restrained. Oh, nice. It's a player's turn.
6: Brynir is going to try to find his axe. I don't remember if he has the blade of Immen or not. I don't know if that was lost, but I'm pretty sure he does. Roll investigation. Well, my investigation score sucks, but it's a 19. You find
0: your equipment, not your weapons. Corio will attempt to restrain this Elvkin that she's already stabbed. And yep, he fails that check. So she'll pull him to his feet. Her short sword held out in front of her, the knife to his throat. And she's ushering Vamok to his feet as well, which I will grant is a sort of free reaction here. Vamok will get up. So she now has this hostage with Vomok behind her, and she's slowly backpedaling toward the equipment room, the armory.
5: Mick, uh, Corio can't see her, but is slowly backing into her, so she backs into the armory, just as what she intended, and we'll search for her stuff really quickly. And and if she's allowed, we'll also search for the remaining party members. I actually don't know if she knows that everybody else got their stuff, but...
0: Roll investigation.
5: That is a 30.
0: You find your loot. You find all of your belongings, and you find Rolandir's satchel and such.
5: Awesome, take that with me.
0: Okay, another player.
5: Rolandir
1: is going to look for first and foremost his weapon, if not a weapon, and Vamox stuff as well, because he knows Vamox a little preoccupied out there. Investigation in the heat of battle. We are all so investigative. That is a calc twenty.
2: Wow, we are rolling great on these investigation checks.
0: You are able to locate your objectives. You find your weapons, and you find Vamok's pack
1: and such. And Rolandia relays that as well through the uh, message, along with, we need to wrap this up quickly. Val, can we teleport out?
2: Uh, Yes, we can. Is everyone here? I'm here. A little preoccupied, but yes. You will need to be within 10 feet of me for me to do this.
0: We are working our way back to the hall. You hear her say out loud. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Luna will poke around And she finds Corio's weapons and pack And all of Brainier's weapons minus his axe
6: No! Perfect The axe is the one thing that I wanted That
1: definitely got snagged You fail to realize the kin who came out of the toilet Was also clutching your axe <laughs>
6: <laughs> Wiping I- his butt
1: with it
0: <laughs>
6: That's <laughs> the only thing that Brynir has. He he, he didn't have the magic. He just had cool weapons. That that's his thing.
2: <laughs> the world is ending, Brynir. <laughs> Don't you know that there are children starving in other countries? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't you know there are children without magical weapons in other countries?
2: <laughs> Where are we in the turn order?
4: Luna just went, so two more players. Vamak will pick up the halberd that. Mick threw into the hallway and then he will use that to kind of point towards the group of oncoming kin but he is going to then back up towards the armory and get as far as he can Corio is still following
2: Val is going to move into a position where he is the most central to both, like, the rest of the armory and the entry where he knows Corio will be coming in, in order to prepare to cast teleport, and he will say through the bonds, I I will be by the door. Come there immediately.
0: We are working on it. I'm right behind you.
2: Well, hurry up. (laughs)
0: I said I was right behind you. Oh. Not.
2: T- All right. <laughs>
0: I imagine the, the, it's like a conference call and everyone's just talking at once.
2: Yeah, and it like shorts everybody else out where there's just no sound suddenly.
0: And you're just like, where's my axe?
5: <laughs> <laughs>
6: it's a shame about the Dax.
3: We have bigger things to worry about at this moment. Is everybody within range?
5: Yes.
1: I think we're just waiting on Corio now. Corio, drop the kin.
3: It's the Elfkin's turn after
0: this uh, nice little parade. And so I'm assuming then with that action, Laurel, that's like a conditional action that you just made. So when Corio and Vamok are within range, you'll teleport, yes? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what we'll do then. The Elfkin try to make a push forward, though they're unsuccessful in harming Vamok or Corio. Though Corio does position her hostage to take a little nick on the chest from one of their blades. And they snarl and they don't
4: retreat, but they slow their advance. The mock will go ahead and move the rest of the distance back up to be within range to get like right next to the doorway. And
0: then Corio will jab her dagger, like not even slit his throat, just like from the side, stick the dagger in and then push him into the other kin and run back to
5: Val which we've learned only, you know, is uh, AHP, only takes AHP, you know, of damage. So (laughs) (laughs) it's a minor cut. I'm going for the jugular. (laughs) It's a trickle.
2: Everyone, please put your hands on me. I want to make sure that everyone is here.
0: You feel a spattering of hands.
2: Okay, I'm casting teleport. Goal. I'll cast teleport, again, drawing on the Veilers. Val is looking for accuracy above anything and does not want to attempt to go too far. I think he would be aiming to be out of the fort, up the intended pathway some, if it's possible to be like sort of around a corner or out of sight of the fort. That's where he would like to land.
0: That will definitely fall under viewed ones.
6: You do it, but we're 500 years in the future.
5: (laughs) (laughs) The world has ended. We end up in the void. No need for the heart of the void.
0: As you feel everyone's hands upon you and you see Corio and Vamok in your vicinity close enough to be encompassed by the spell, you try to teleport yourselves to the destination that you envision just as this captain of the kin rounds the corner and counterspells you.
4: No. Oh, no! oh my gosh. Can we feel this? Can I try to counterspell a counterspell? You can counterspell a counterspell. Okay, if a going to try to do that, go for it. Are we doing like an intent roll? No, this was just full on using rules magic. This was an
0: eighth level counterspell. So your DC is 18 unless you
4: want to expend an eighth level spell slot. Funnily enough, warlocks don't get eighth level spell slots. They get to be able to cast one eighth level spell, but only that spell. Every spell I cast is always level five. Even if it's like a level one spell or whatever like Well then good luck. Make an ability check using your spellcasting ability. DC is 18. Is wait, wait a second. Wait a second, boys. The rule is meet or exceed, right? Yeah, meet or exceed just because Vamok rolled an 18 on the dot. (laughs) What's up? So as
0: you feel these pinpricks of intent start to form around you in this split second when Val is casting this spell, and then this immediate recantation coming from down the hall as this abjurative force nearly impacts you, Vamok unleashes your own counterspell of intent, this recantation of a recantation, which, funnily enough, has never been done on this show and has a very interesting effect. In a split second, Rolandir, Vamok, Brynir, Mick, Luna, Corio, and Val disappear, and you reappear outside the fort on a small outcropping cliffside looking down two to three hundred feet away and above it. And in the next instance... In a plume of smoke and lightning, the southwestern wing where you had supposedly been situated explodes.
5: Yes! Whoa! whoa. Yes!
0: (laughs) Jeez! (laughs) And this like pyroclastic plume just seeps into the air, spreading ash and smoke all around. And the shockwave even starts avalanches and rock slides on a small scale around you and below you, and your ears are ringing.
1: Immediately upon hitting the ground in the snow and feeling the reverberations from this explosion, Rolandier does a quick head count, checking that everyone has made it out. Is everyone out? Sound off.
0: Uh, I'm here. I'm okay.
5: As am I.
4: Luna. Val? I'm here.
5: Still in one piece?
4: You can see me. I'm fine. Mech choreo. Vamak is on the ground. He's on his hands and knees, and he's, like, breathing heavily after this whole magical altercation that just went down. He even, like, grabs at his head with one of his hands, because this took a toll on him. He doesn't look like he's on death's door, but he doesn't look like he's doing great.
1: But Rolander can see him, so that's fine. All right, we need to get away from here, further up the mountain.
0: Val, you should you should drop the invisibility if you can. I will do so. And everyone comes into view a little singed. Let's go. Corio, taking the initiative, will first actually kneel down by her pack and equip her dark leathers again, not even taking care to like wipe off the blood that is completely stained her shirt and neck and face. And then she'll start trekking up a small path that's barely noticeable
1: Rolandir will wait to take up the last position, checking to ensure that they are not being followed by anyone from this fortress.
0: As you do so, just waiting as everyone starts to file off, you hear commotion from down below. There are alarm bells clanging, Elvkin shouting, and you see that there's some sort of ongoing fire within the fort itself.
1: But no one running out towards us.
0: No, it wouldn't seem so. They've got much bigger fish to fry. Luna stops after just a few steps going up the hill, one knee going down in the snow, her hand gripping in the cold, and just lets out a breath that you can see. Oh, God. Oh. And she looks up at presumably Val, who's probably beside her, and will grab you to pull her back up and steady herself. Oh. You think every day's gonna be like this from now on?
2: Looking back at Rolandir, Val will say, <laughs> I certainly hope not.
1: <laughs> Rolandier gives a slight shrug.
2: That is all you have to say for yourself.
6: It's in the past. It does not matter now.
2: I would appreciate if he could take some ownership over his actions. I'm not going to hold it against him. We have no choice but to move forward. I recognize this, but we cannot make mistakes like that again.
0: We don't even know what happened. All we know is we heard some things, and then we saw Vimok clattering down the stairs. Why don't you actually just explain? And she jerks her head up the mountain while we go. Exactly what happened, so we don't repeat our mistakes?
3: It is simple. Rolandia had a foolish idea, and I thought perhaps my presence could help do something to mitigate the foolishness. But I was wrong.
0: I would not put yourself down as much as you say, Vamok. You did what you could... If nothing else, you gave me the opportunity to take that kin as a hostage.
3: That is beside the point. As I have pointed out to another in this group before, <laughs> we cannot allow ourselves to be driven by such foolish ideas. We cannot continue to do this. It seems to me at every turn, we are making worse and worse choices, failing to learn from our mistakes. And as has become apparent to me, I am powerless to stop you all from doing what you will. So I implore each of you to think carefully before banging on doors and saying, the captain needs you. (laughs) That is what Rolandier did. Knowingly gave up our position without even, well, perhaps he gave it a moment's thought, but not much more than that. I would not be surprised If one or all of us are dead before we reach the top of this mountain, the way things are going now.
0: If it's any luck, there will be no more doors to knock on. So there may be bears or worse going up the mountain. And unless the armies of the mortal powers are fighting upon the steps of the crown of Egedon, I do not believe we will encounter more things like we just did. Well, if if I remember correctly, we elected Val to lead.
5: Mick is going to, uh, this whole time as Vamok has been talking, she slightly looks back towards Vamok oh. as they're walking up this mountain, and her eyebrows are furrowing, and she's becoming a little angrier as Vamok speaks. And will speak up to Vamok in response to his lecture, essentially, to the rest of the group, and will say, Well, if you're so wise, Vamok, what do you propose that we do? Why don't you lead, huh? You know what, Vamark? Trust goes both ways. Perhaps if you trusted us a little more, we wouldn't be making such foolish decisions. Have you ever thought of that?
3: The last time I trusted you, you played with the troubadours, and we know how that went.
5: Uh, Excuse me. Trusted me? No, not at all. Enough!
6: We need to find shelter. I don't know about all of you, but I am tired, and I need rest. You can argue
5: later.
1: Yes, and unless I'm mistaken, I'm actually the only one who was injured in that bout. So, please, could we move on?
5: Can we tell of moving forward if this is a well-traveled path? Like, would we expect to see people up here?
0: Absolutely not.
5: Okay, well, if Mick is allowed, Mick, you know, after a little bit of sulking from that conversation with Amok primarily, will take out her loot and will like to play a little song, a little melody, in order to provide a song of rest, if that's possible, as we walk.
0: Um, You can do that during a short rest. This is kind of an arduous path. So, no, you can't do that like...
5: I thought it provides a short rest. You
2: have to do it during a short rest and you can roll extra hit die. That's what it does. Oh, okay.
5: Okay, well, Mick is still going to take that out to... Yeah, maybe to quell her, herself and maybe the group. <laughs> <laughs> so...
0: With a few strums of your lute, these notes plucked from the air echo off the stones and ice of this snowy path that leads you ever upward. Corio glances back, but holds her tongue. She doesn't say anything, though it's obvious from her look. She disapproves of this action.
1: You hear a thought, scolding Mick, and because she forgot that all of us <laughs> still had the telepathic bond.
3: Yeah,
0: she actually does forget, and you hear, "God damn idiot. Oh,
1: jeez. <laughs> Erlandier thinks back, Well, you said yourself, there's no one else up here.
0: Oh, cheat. We are still in the bed. Oh, all right. Mick, she says aloud, perhaps it would not be good to play while we are still fleeing from the kin. Hmm?
5: Mick, without saying a word, but is obviously a little upset hearing that and also being being called an idiot,, uh, uh, you know, among other powerful, nice feelings directed towards her. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll just briskly put away the loot and we'll hang on their back. She'll continue forward.
0: As a group, how long is everyone willing to travel without rest in terms of hours?
1: Yeah, Rolander's probably going to stop them if he feels they go for much longer than an hour.
0: Then the best you can manage moving, you know, an hour's more up this path is a slight outcropping that could maybe provide nominal shelter for three of your party and perhaps enough cover to build a fire safe from the wind at least for the time being, though it will most definitely not last the night. It is a little darker here, perhaps like an early morning or a early evening kind of light where the sun is hidden behind gathering clouds.
2: Well, we can perhaps rest in shifts.
0: Should we brave a fire, or would that be too dangerous?
2: Perhaps not tonight. If they see the light on the mountain, it will be bad for us.
6: I highly doubt they are worried about us at this point.
2: Is that a risk we are willing to take?
6: Evkin are a vindictive
0: bunch. At least the ones I have met. I would not risk it. Though so if it were up to me, I would keep moving at least another hour or two. I believe we could find something better than this.
2: Can everyone go another hour?
0: Luna doesn't say a word, but looks up at Val and just shakes her head.
2: Today has already been difficult enough. I think if we get what rest we can, perhaps only an hour or two and then move on
0: It's going to be a miserable night then.
2: Val sort of like stands for a moment and then positions himself to where he can like see everyone in the party all at once We cannot afford to fracture now. Do you all want to go through with this?
0: We don't have a choice but even if we did the choice is yes my answer is yes. Luna says quite resolutely. Corio kind of exchanges glances between each and every one of you and then looks at Val and shrugs. I do not know the half of what I have been caught up with all of you, but if my master believes that this is the course of action that I am to follow, I will see it's true.
5: I do believe if I stop now that all that we have been through will be for naught, so my decision is clear. Yes, I will continue with you.
4: For Mark, who has been stewing this whole time... You can see his face still, like, looks angry. And you're not sure if he's got an angry expression or if that's just, like, his normal face and you're kind of projecting mm-hmm. onto him. After a moment of silence and thinking, Vamok will say, Mick,
3: you said that trust is a two-way street.
5: More or less, yes.
3: I will trust you if you will trust me i will not say anything about the decisions that each of you make i will abide by what our leader decides and i will hold my peace is that agreeable enough for each of you?
5: You know, Mick is taking what Vamak just said, and will recognize that he's being sincere, right? In 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 saying yeah. that.
4: Yeah. No, he's not. He's not. He's not. Uh... The
5: difficulty with which those words came out of his mouth, I think, is <laughs> indication of <his> <laughs> sincerity. <laughs> I know, it's like like so bitter coming out.
4: (laughs) To date, that's one of the hardest things Vamok has had to do. (laughs) But yes, he is sincere.
5: Mick recognizing Uh, Vamok's sincerity will say to him, Okay, I believe you. Perhaps I can trust you as well.
6: As for me, it is my ambition, my goal, to get everyone to the crown of Agadon. Just so at least one person can use the heart of the void. I do not care what's happened in the past. I just look for a better future for Egedon.
1: Rolander, who's been pensively staring just at a blank spot on the ground this whole time, locks eyes with Val and takes a couple steps closer towards him. I'm in this till the end, wherever that end may be. But let me say this. We elected you as our leader, Val, and my nomination for you was as sincere as any I've ever made. You have the courage, you have the wisdom to lead us through this. But you better grow a damn backbone.
2: Do you want me to control you?
1: No. Nor could you. But you can make decisions for our group. Whether we decide to follow them or not is our own choice.
2: I care about all of you deeply. You are the only friends I have ever had. And if you want me to lead you, I will lead you.
1: Yes, that is what we are asking. That is what we appointed you to do.
2: Tell me then, Rolande, what does leadership look like to you?
1: Most of the time, it looks like you. But there's something that... I don't know, I don't know, and he throws up his arms. You want me to own what I did back there, I own it. I take responsibility, fully. I just think that we get so wrapped up in whatever situations we find ourselves in that sometimes we lose momentum. We lose the ability to drive ourselves out of them in a more direct path.
2: Pray tell what a more direct path would be than being at the lock for the room in which our supplies were in. Unseen. What is more direct than that?
1: Nothing. But there was nothing voiced about it. No call to reason.
2: Rolanda, it should not be my responsibility to call you to reason.
1: If I may say so, though
0: my time in this group has been limited, I have noticed a sense of reticence when approaching certain obstacles. Perhaps that is what the Relandia speaks to. The willingness to cross over those that stand in your path, regardless of what happens to them.
2: And you find that to be a bad thing?
0: The reticence, yes, I do. I do not interpret it as a lack of conviction. In fact, I interpret it as, <laughs> funnily enough, a semblance of a moral standing, which I cannot assure you that I possess, nor a number of your own group. But I do not act. I do not think. Someone, something, bars my path, threatens my traveling companions. It is not the spirit or the soul's choice at that moment. No. The mind is gone. The body must move and do. The blood calls for action, and I am simply its vessel to answer. When the mock came tumbling down the stairs, I did not stop and think, how best to free him from this attacker who clearly wished him death? I must mete out an equal action upon those who seek to arm us. Perhaps that, and she glances at Rolander, and then back at Val, is what he speaks to.
2: I don't wish to cause conflict or lead in a way that is not productive. I recognize that I am by nature a cautious individual and do not immediately spring into action, but I fail to see what in the last ten minutes was reticence on my part.
0: I am not saying it is even something that I observed here and now, but simply in the past.
1: All I would ask now is... We know you, you know us, and some of our, my, inclinations. I guess leadership is, in my mind, doing that which best serves the group, but focusing on the individuals. I need a good slap on the backside of the head, often. More often than most, uh, perhaps except for Vamok. mock.
2: <laughs> I will give you advice and my opinion and guidance, but I will never seek to control you.
1: And that's not what I'm asking for, but firmness in your own convictions.
2: Val is convicted, Rolandir.
0: Luna isn't exactly seething yet, but she's on the cusp. And she looks at you, Rolandir, and she says, "Do you expect him to to hold your hand every step of the way, or or myself, or even Brynir, to to not only have your back, but to make sure that every step you take, every decision?" that you undergo is the perfect one according to me and Val and yourself and, and all of us no you're not a child so yes good that you 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 owned what you did but maybe in the future take a good god's damn look at yourself and ask are you doing what rides for the group and don't blame others for your slip ups
1: <laughs> you know what's funny Luna what in my mind I don't feel that I slipped up And that's what I'm trying to communicate. That although, to me, the plan that I voiced, the actions I took, accomplished our goal. All of you clearly feel very differently.
0: In an asinine, roundabout, unhelpful way, I suppose yes. And until we use the heart of the void, unfortunately, the reality we live in says you screwed up. Luna has taken a few forceful steps toward you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Putting his hands gently just up in front of him. All I'm saying is a resolute no from the majority goes a long way.
0: Good. The next time you go fawning over a tower, Val, she turns back to you, shut him up. I'm not
2: going to do that. Yes, you are.
5: (laughs) Fight! Fight! Fight,
4: fight! <laughs> 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 Val and
2: start throwing hands.
4: <laughs> For real, I'm, I'm, Vamox just glad that his bone to
2: pickle's with Mick. <laughs> I know, I know, right? <laughs> I will endeavor to voice my thoughts more clearly and decisively in the future, but I'm not going to... I'm not going to tell anyone what to do.
0: Then how are you going to tell the world how to be?
2: I'm not, Luna. I'm not. I do not know what is perfect.
1: Real quick, as this whole conversation, like as soon as Luna turned the focus onto Val, you started taking a couple steps. He <laughs> <laughs> out of there. He is full on letting the focus shift. You, no, yeah, you are out of her kill zone. <laughs> you rub her shoulders.
5: Yeah, you're right, Luna. Yeah, you're right. You got this, Luna. Get him. <laughs>
2: I will do my best, but I am not perfect, and the world that we create when we use the heart of the void will not be perfect either. I am not trying to seek to tell people what is right and what is wrong, just to introduce some compassion and equity into the world. That is as much as I can do.
0: Is that enough?
2: I don't know, but I'll tell you what. I'm not going to dictate to the people of the world that we want to create what they should do any more than I am going to dictate your paths for you.
0: Luna takes a hard swallow, purses her lips, and goes, Okay. I'm going to get some rest. And she'll head off toward the minuscule outcropping.
1: you're <sighs> from 20 feet back now at this point <laughs> 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 just says, I'm going to take watch, patch up my wound. And he will go find a position a little bit perched above the path that would lead up towards their camp and begin bandaging himself.
0: Corio gets to her feet and fishes out some medical supplies from her pack and says, I will help him and keep first watch as well. Who will take the second? I will. Good. You and Demlek. yes? I have a name. For now. And she'll trudge up
4: the mountain. Is <laughs> she going to blot out his name?
2: Yeah, like
5: she's going to do that. <laughs> I
2: have the power. For now, I erase you from the annals of history. I have
1: the census records right here. <laughs> <laughs> blot, blot, blot.
5: <laughs> my yellow pages in my pocket.
1: <laughs> no,
0: she doesn't say for now. I'm sure you do. And she'll trudge off toward Relandier.
2: Val is feeling very overwhelmed by this past conversation (laughs) and everything that has just happened in the last, like, 20 minutes. So he's going to sort of, like, let out a very shaky breath, almost on the verge of tears, but, like, different than his usual tears. And he will steel himself and, like, nod at everyone and find somewhere to sit that is relatively secluded, but not like far from the group. He's not isolating himself, he just does not know how to compute (laughs) the world.
0: Then, with a tense atmosphere and a chill wind rolling down the mountainside, the party settles in as clouds roll over and you are beset with another true night. Dark, hidden from the oppressive ever-twilight sun on the slopes of the crown of Egadon.